Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. Thanks for downloading this episode. Um, what a great episode. We have a awesome episode for you. I've said episode three times already. Um, on this episode, that's four, um, you get a treat. And the treat is... Well, it's two treats. First treat is the band Mayfly. Uh, Tony and Jared from Mayfly, and they are phenomenal. I mean, uh, phenomenal. You get to hear a couple snippets of their songs, two of their songs. Uh, you also get treated to a very special episode of the Horror Movie Podcast, um, After Earth, the movie starring uh, J- Jaden Smith and Will Smith. You get to really uh, dig your teeth into just one of those movies that some like, some don't. Uh, there are some really horrible parts to that thing. And uh, anyway, you get to enjoy it. Uh, you know, we got a few things coming up here at the Horror Movie Podcast. Number one is um, <clears throat> the greatness that is the Lebanon Megacon. On April 30th and May 1st, uh, the Horror Movie Podcast will be live uh, doing an episode from the Lebanon Megacon. It's going to be fun. Um, Also, coming up, I'm going to make a big announcement here, but uh, the Horror Movie Podcast is going to do, going to be uh, on a panel at Planet Comic Con uh, in Kansas City, and that's going to be May the 20th through 22nd and we're actually going to do our panel on the 21st so that's a pretty big deal we're going to be doing a movie on that panel so if you're in kansas city and you want to come to planet comic con and see the horror movie podcast live on a panel you have two options now to see us live one at 11 megacon on april 30th and may 1st and also uh, a live panel at planet comic con may 20th Rewind. May 21st. Saturday, May 21st, we'll be doing our live uh, panel. Uh, Stan Lee is at Planet Comic Con. Um, Also, Jerry the King Lawler, who I'm very excited about seeing. Um, And many, many more great people. Kevin Smith is going to be there. Um, Arthur Darvel from Legends of Tomorrow. uh, And also Doctor Who. He's Rory Rory from Doctor Who. He'll be there. Edward James Olmos is going to be there. Lou Ferrigno is going to be there. And Alec Tudyk? Yeah, Alec Tudyk from um, Firefly is going to be there. And one more. Um, I'm going to give you one more that's going to be there just because I keep rambling on. Um, I don't know. Okay, well, actually, I just lied. I'm looking at the website here. Jerry Lawler's not going to be there. Oh, well. Um, And then, uh, how do you say his name? Giancarlo Esposito who uh, is from uh, Breaking Bad and other shows. And, the, and NBC's uh, Revolution. He was also on that, but we won't talk about that. Okay, so um, follow us on Twitter, at One Horrible Movie. Um, go to revolverpodcast.com. You can download episodes from there. Um we are a Revolver Podcast Network uh, podcast, so support all those other podcasts that are on there. Uh, download us at iTunes. Go on iTunes, rate, review, 
and subscribe to this podcast. That helps us more than anything when you rate and review this podcast. Guys, it's Mayfly on the Horror Movie Podcast. It's epic. Uh, by the way, follow Mayfly on Twitter at Mayfly Sounds on Twitter. Uh, and then they have several videos on YouTube, and then they have their own website. Uh, so go check them out. Mayfly is great. Uh, we've been really listening to their music, and uh, it's pretty stinking awesome. Uh, not so heavy that it's too heavy, but just right. Just right. All right. Thanks for downloading this episode, and enjoy Mayfly. Enjoy After Earth. And here it is. All right, well, uh, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast, guys. Uh, today we have uh, Mayfly on the Horror Movie Podcast, and it is awesome. Guys, welcome, and just introduce yourselves. Um, my name's Jared Lacey, and I sing for Mayfly. All right. I'm Tony. I play bass. Okay, yep. Jared and Tony, guys, um, uh, you picked a great movie here. Uh, After Earth is uh, a great idea. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is a, a genius. He is. In 2004, he was a genius. Um, not really. All right, so um, he's still a genius. He's still a very good yeah. director. I, I, I'm telling you. I really you. like him. Uh, have, have you guys seen... Uh, did you do Wayward Pines? Have you guys seen Wayward Pines? Uh, I'm not familiar with TV that TV show. Yeah, he did do Wayward Pines. It's a, TV, oh, it's, a TV it's a TV show. It's based on this book called Wayward Pines, and it's really good. I highly recommend. You should He's watch. Supposed it. to be hosting another TV show soon. I forget what, like Tales from the Crypt or something. Yeah, which did you did you guys ever see the original Tales from the Crypt? No. no. Uh, kind of freaky. Kind of freaky. Uh, on the Tales from the Crypt, I'm going to chase a rabbit here. Sorry, guys. Uh, on the Tales from the Crypt is. Uh, this character called the Crypt Keeper. Later yeah. on, or you could do it now if you wanted to. But later on, you need to Google the Crypt Keeper. He was like the host of the show. I'm doing air quotes right now, but he uh, he he's a really bad puppet. Like a, it's a very bad. It's pre <laughs> it's pre CGI, so it's this really like, lame looking puppet evil creature for like even more creepy things though. If you see him, though, he's very, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, you guys ever played Skyrim? Yep. Uh, you know what a Draugr is? Yep. He kind of looks like a small little Draugr almost. So anyway, That's again, incredible. I said I was going to chase a rabbit there. So back to M. Night. Um, uh, he is, uh, he's done a lot of good movies. He did Signs. Okay. Yeah. Um, Village. Village was great. Oh. Uh, he sort of lost me. Now you were going to say Sixth Sense because, yeah. you know, that, that kind of set the tone for everything. He kind of lost me at The Happening. I'm kind of back and forth on The Happening. Like, I thought it was, it was a really interesting concept, but I don't know. Like it, was an, it was an interesting concept, but it was almost portrayed poorly. I understand. Like, I know what you're saying. I guess the... The wind, like they were scared of the wind blowing. So you see in the movie, you see the trees kind of moving, and then people would be yeah. scared of the trees, which kind of made me laugh. But anyway, that was like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, 
So, um, you guys, uh, I want you to tell the audience about Mayfly. I just break it down for us. Uh, you guys have some awesome music, and we're going to play a little bit of that music. But first, you guys, let us know about Mayfly. Tell everybody about Mayfly. Okay, Mayfly is an alternative metal band from the Dayton, Ohio area. We formed, I guess, over three years ago. Um, let's see, we are signed to a record label called Voluminous Records, and we have put out one EP so far on that. We put it out about over two years ago. And... Uh, We've done some minimal touring, mostly in Ohio. Um, I guess some of our sounds can be compared to bands like P.O.D., Deftones, Incubus, Blindside. Mm. Under Oath. Under Oath. We we kind of went for the uh, new metal sound when we started out. It's kind of faded away from that a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a a freshened up uh new metal sound it's got a little a little more uh a little more uh kick to it than just what new and new metal got to where it had run its course too so you guys are uh you guys are underselling yourselves on your uh your description of uh, new metal we we stopped (laughs) labeling ourselves that just because of the bad name that came with new metal oh, right, after a right, while and right people telling us we sounded like we would have been really awesome 10 years ago and so we're, we're trying to update our sound a little bit more as we speak but <laughs> cool uh uh summer tour stuff coming up or anything on the on the horizon here coming up uh, on um, the tour or, or anything we will most likely be on the extreme tour again, which cool. we did a little bit of last year. With the last year was mainly me and Tony, and we were borrowing drummers from other bands. Cool, but we uh, tried acoustic. It was a terrible idea. Yeah, we tried to do an acoustic set. <laughs> right on. Um, but we should have the whole band this year. We'll be on that tour for at least two weeks. We'll probably go through. Ohio, and maybe we'll touch a couple of the surrounding states. It's none of that solidified yet. Um, but the extreme tours just kind of they play free shows in different towns. A lot of times outside in parks or mm-hmm. skate parks. Yeah. And yeah, we just kind of walk around and tell people in the town by word of mouth to come check us out. And it, it's a variety of different genres. I mean, we were the only really heavy band on that particular leg of the tour. It's kind of a worldwide thing where right they on. have different legs and groups that go out. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, um, tell everybody where you can um, uh, follow you guys. I know you're on Twitter. Yeah. And then tell us, tell us how, how we find you on Twitter. Um, I would definitely start by going to mayflysounds.com. That gives you links to all of our social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, there is also no Tumblr. No Tumblr. Uh, I guess we don't have Tumblr. <laughs> no Tumblr, huh? I've never, I've never delved delved into t- Tumblr, so yeah, I, I don't tumble <laughs> except when I trip on the stairs. That's about all I got too. So 
Yeah, there there are also links on mayflysounds.com to how you can purchase our EP. Um, and we have a merch store. We have some T-shirts right now and buttons, kind of limited in merch at the moment. But it would be awesome if you wanted to check that out because it would help fund our next record. It's awesome. Um, yeah, we've got we've got a few music videos um, okay. for the. The first song you guys are going to play, Eternal Respiration, we have a pretty wild one for that where we're all wearing gas masks and attacking our drummer's brother. There you go. <laughs> was he willingly attacked? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was It was hard to do. I, I like the guy. <laughs> I don't want to hit him too hard. You can, you can really see the pulled punches. <laughs> you definitely laid him in though, a little bit, though, so... Um, all right, guys. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to play a little bit of Eternal Respiration. Uh, everybody, it's Mayfly, Eternal Respiration. <sighs> That's cool. Um, we, uh, you guys decided you were going to bring, again, I, I said this to start the, the podcast out, just a phenomenal movie. And I sometimes say that in a sarcastic tone. Um, some people do like this movie. I think, I'm sure that, um, I almost said Willow. Uh, what's uh, the, Jaden, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Or after I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to whip my hair back and forth. Sorry. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Jaden Smith. I can't. I couldn't think of Jaden Smith for some reason. Um, I'm sure Jaden Smith thinks this is an awesome movie. I know he thinks this is an awesome movie, and I'm sure that Jada Pinkett Smith thinks this is an awesome movie. Uh, Will Smith has been. What's that? Said you wouldn't ever ever be able to tell by his expression. No, he's pretty lifeless in this movie. Um, He's a man on a mission, though, or a boy on a mission looking to become a man. Um, okay, so the beginning of this movie, again, let's, let's go over a couple things. So guys, we have two segments, and I say segments like this is like a 1950s radio show or something, but we have two segments, uh, one of which is called uh, Some Details, or Here's Some Deets. Uh, the first 
detail. This movie is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, he, we were talking earlier uh, before we started recording about uh, uh, all his great movies. He's done The Sixth Sense. Uh, what else? He's done uh, Unbreakable, which have you guys seen Unbreakable? Yeah, it's pretty good. That's a good one. Um, he's done The Village. Which? What is your favorite? What's you guys' favorite M Night movie? Other oh. than this one, maybe Jared. Maybe you think this is the one. <laughs> um, I, I love After Earth, but I don't know if it's my favorite. Um. Wow, that's that's hard to pick. Probably either Lady in the Water or The Village just because of the actress in the movie. The actress in the movie. Okay, very good. Okay, You're I'm a big, big Dallas Howard. I can't even remember her name. Dallas, moment, but... Dallas Howard. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I thought maybe like Lady in the Water. Now, Lady in the Water was good. I thought Paul Giamatti is awesome in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's really I good love, I love Paul Giamatti. And like I've always said, The Lady in the Water is... My favorite M Night Shyamalan, Sham, 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 whatever his last name is. I do that too. Shamalama, Shamalama, Ding Dong, Shamalama. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, um, that was always my favorite. Um, this one, man, good stuff. Uh, produced by, it's produced by a guy named Kaleeb Pinkett. Ironically, Jada Pinkett's pre-married name, her maiden name, is Pinkett as well. I got to think, Kaleeb. Pinkett. It's got to be some relation to Jada Pinkett. I this must feel. be a whole. This movie in general just seems like a family a, affair. It is a family affair. Um, Will Smith. He also produced it. Jada Pinkett produced it and James Lasseter. That he did. This movie is so great it needed four producers. <laughs> Screenplay is written by a guy named Gary Whitta. Also by a cat named M. Night Shyamalan. And then uh, the story itself is by Will Smith, and there's actually a interesting backstory to this that I read about. Um, you may, Jared, you may know about this because, like you said, you you love this movie. I actually just we just rewatched it again a couple of nights ago, and I I just caught that detail about Will Smith writing it. I didn't know that pre- when I watched it the first time. He has original idea that he when he pitched this movie to people in Hollywood, he was pitching it. As a his son and he go out on go out in the wilderness on a drive, and then they have a car crash, and their son and his son and he this is normal time like current time, uh, crash in the wilderness, and then it's like hatchet or something, and he's got to uh, preserve his life, and his son saves the day, and then somehow the story morphs into we're in space. In the year, in the in the three hundred, what that's that's wrong. In the basically in the year three thousand, basically in space, and they crash on Earth. Anyway, I digress. But sorry. Uh, okay, so back to details. Um, budget. What was the budget for this, guys? Do you, you guys know off the top of your head? I don't know. What do you think nah. was the budget? Too much. Too much. Thir- kids in third world countries would be like, oh, we wish we had this money. Like, if, if it were a game show on the price is right, it would be that's too much, Bob. You would, you would, <laughs> would you say $1 then? Is that what you'd say? If this were the price is right? 
Yeah, probably. I'm bidding one dollar. Um, I would be that guy. You'd be that guy. Well, it works. Sometimes it works. A hundred and thirty. A hundred and thirty million. Um, and box office was two hundred forty-three million. Uh, release date May first in Tokyo. It released in Tokyo first, just so you know. And then uh, May thirty-first, uh, two thousand thirteen, was when this movie came out. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. All right. So the next segment, and then we'll get into the synopsis. But the real, the first thing is this: we do a thirty-second synopsis. So, Jared, I'm going to let you. You have thirty seconds. Oh man. It's probably going to be shorter. Actually, than that, maybe Tony should do this. Tony, what do you think? Thirty seconds off. You have thirty seconds to get all the details in this movie in as best you can. Oh, okay. Do you want to do it? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm using my my Timex Iron Man right now, and you have thirty seconds and go. Um, Will Smith and his son, who is a very militaristic family, um. They're traveling to another planet in the year 3000. They somehow end up in a weird asteroid field. They crash land. They crash land on Earth where all, apparently all the animals have evolved into creatures that want to kill humans. And only humans. And, um, and apparently their only emergency (laughs) response device was broken. And the other one was in... It was in the tail end of the ship. And so he has to run. Little boy little boy Blue has to run to get the emergency beacon. Because apparently their, their, their high-tech spaceship doesn't have an auto, automatic emergency thing once it crashes. And stop. I got you at 51 seconds, but I'm going to go ahead and cut 21 oh. seconds off that. Because that was hilarious. Okay. Oh, Start ranting. I apologize. I'm, I'm so excited about you doing this movie because... Oh, I know where you're coming from with this one. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, I just I did a lot of head shaking. Like, why, why, why? But again, good job. Thirty second synopsis. Okay, so now we're gonna go back through the movie, and uh, we're gonna start from start from the top. We're just gonna kind of go over the major plot points of the movie. <laughs> Basically, in the year. Let's just put it at the year 3000. We could say any number. It could be the year 20,000, the year 10,000. Actually, no, rewind. The year 3000 works better because later on when all these things start evolving, you start to go, how's that possible? But year 3000-ish, okay? Uh, We have a cataclysmic event on the planet Earth, like Wally-level event that makes us all evacuate the planet Earth. And we head to a planet that we have found and we colonize. It could have been the happening because they couldn't breathe. Well, I'm wondering if this all isn't in the same M. Night universe. It it could be. I I heard that there there was supposed to be a trilogy, and I think it was a part of it, technically. That with Devil, and then after... I would have loved it. But not enough traction. I bet Will Smith was like, "We're never going. We're never going back there again, son." <laughs> so, one thousand years later, okay, we meet up after this cataclysmic event because we have a little narration at the first that tells us that we're horrible people and 
we threw some plastic some plastic bags out in the wilderness and a couple geese choked on these plastic bags and it caused the entire earth to explode and um we're horrible people bad humans so we got to leave so a thousand years later we meet up with the ranger corps the ranger corps which in science fiction why not why not you know why not the ranger corps yeah it's a peacekeeping organization who's it commanded by guys what's his name Cipher, Cipher Rage. Sounds like it. Sounds like a a metal band. I feel like I've played Ooh. with this metal band before. We're, we're gonna write a song called like, Cipher Rage. Cipher Rage. I could hear someone screaming. Could Jared? Can you scream Cipher Rage for me right now? Cipher Rage. I love it. So I, I don't think that was really a good scream. No, there. it's a great scream because you you directed the sound. We're on, we're on Skype, by the way, folks. So I'm watching Jared do this, and he directed the sound up, straight up, and it was perfect because then it didn't completely clip out um, yeah. his mic and my mic and everything else. So, uh, On a side note, um, Will Smith's wife was actually in a metal band, which I can't remember the name of. It was probably Cypher Rage. <laughs> oh, I hope it was. I, I wish I could remember it, but yeah. Find out, Phil, find out what find out what that band name is. Um, <laughs> producer Phil's going to find out what that band name is. Um, we we meet up, the, the, Royal Ra- the Royal Ranger, sorry, the Ranger, the Ranger Corps are based on a planet called Nova Prime. This is the planet we escaped Earth to. Um... Man, that's such so so horrible. Um, they they get there and there's an a, there are alien creatures there and they don't really expand on these aliens because they say that when we got there, okay, wicked the band's name was Wicked Wisdom. Yeah, Jada Pinkett's sure. band name was Wicked Wisdom. Um, lead singer was actually Cipher Rage. She just played she just played bass. So, um, <laughs> um, they get to this planet. And they don't expand on this very well at all, which, again, doesn't surprise me. There were aliens there called the Skrell, okay? And these alien creatures were trying to destroy the Earthlings there that came to Nova Prime, and they released these secret weapons on them called the Ursas. Ursas. Sorry, I've got to really... More like the British invading America in yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. You know, the Native Americans, we, we humans, we just go and bully people out of their land. <laughs> well, and in this situation, the Ursas are a nasty creature. But we don't learn much about the Skrell. They don't expand on, on them. Don't you kind of think that if there was going to be a sequel, they would have brought it back around to these Skrell yeah, do you feel like the, I feel like they were backloading this a little bit? A come. lot of it was just really empty and unexplained, and like space jargon. I felt like a lot of it was just this space jargon, like made up space jargon. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> the Ursas don't see. This comes in handy later because Will Smith does this narration at the beginning, and the Ursas do not see. They, what do they see? You guys remember what they see? They only smell. They only have a sense of smell. And what do they smell on humans? 
The fear of heroin. Fear, fear. Or the adrenaline. Actually, wouldn't that just uh, be the Is event? it adrenaline? Well, it's technically the, the pheromone that humans give out when... Secrete. Secrete, yeah. <laughs> when when we're scared. Okay. So they're... Um, high, I, don't, I guess I just naturally do this with all animals. Maybe that's just how... Were they genetically created? I think they were genetically created. I think so. I can't remember. To kill humans. Blindly. Yeah. Um... Cypher Rage, he has learned, Cypher has learned to ghost, okay? And he ghosts by going completely emotionless, much like he wants to train his son to do, but his son has already learned how to be completely emotionless in his acting skills in this movie. (laughs) Uh, His son's name is Katai Rage, and that's played by uh, Jaden Smith. Um, Jay, uh, sorry, Katai lost his uh, sister. Yes. Yep. yep. His sister, and you know who his sister was played by? I recognize her, but I can't. It's I don't Z- know her name. Zoe Kravitz, daughter of Lenny Kravitz. Oh. Yeah. Kind of crazy. There you go. Um, oh, Katai's mom um, is trying to bridge the gap between the emotionless father and the emotionless son and talks uh, Cypher, the rage, if you will, into taking Lil, Lil Rage on, <laughs> on a trip. Um, on a training mission. Um, the, the rangers at the beginning are training. And I cracked up because uh, Jaden outruns everybody in front of it, in front of the whole, the whole uh, battalion. And then uh, he, get, he doesn't understand why he's not making rank, but he can't, he can't stay uh, within his rank. So, anyway. Yeah. He's a whiny little punk. He kind of is a little bit of a punk, and he has to learn a lesson here. Uh, tell us a little bit, Jared, tell us a little bit about the uh, flight on the training mission. The flight on the training mission. Um, now, there is a point where Katai decides to go exploring on the flight while the rest of them are sleeping. He's, he was sitting next to his father, Cypher. And he found this room where there was some other um, men of the battalion. And there was this giant, weird-looking rock thing that was moving. And he wanted to know what it was about. And so... He couldn't read because there was a sign that said restricted. (laughs) (laughs) What? Did it say restricted in another language? No. He looked at it like they made a point that he looked at it as like restricted, like authorized personnel only. Oh, I guess that means I can go in. Uh. (laughs) He's above. He's above the law. But uh, (laughs) spoiled little brat who had a commander as a dad doesn't make him special. He's a military. He's a military brat. Yeah. Back to the. Thing that looks like a rock. Um, the 
the other guys in the room decide it'd be cool for him to uh, experience what it's all about. And they say it has something to do with fear. And they say it's basically training for him to be able to ghost. He's like, if he can, if he can get to it without showing any sign of fear, nothing bad will happen to him. And he has all kinds of flashbacks about um, when his sister was attacked and killed by the Ursa during that. And then at that point, his, his father, Cypher, comes in and says, there's some kind of emergency going on. <laughs> and then it's about that point where the uh, ship gets ripped apart and... Uh, Katai's the only one strapped into his seatbelt. His father's standing over him, and he gets sucked away, which this part is maybe about the only part about it for me, which seemed really unrealistic. We figured he would have just died or been sucked into outer space, by the way. No, there's no way that could happen to him. (laughs) He's Will Smith. Not the Hancock. it was really intense. <laughs> I um, uh, I I found that very interesting that they were the only two that survived, um, and really, the big egg thing that turns into the Ursa. I I don't know, just bad. egg. That's a good. That's a good description. Well, well, it was supposed to be a cage. Cage egg. Cage. They had it in captivity. Rage. It, it was kind of orc cage rage. Though. A rage cage. I mean, despite <laughs> all its rage, it was still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> An Ursa in a cage. That's awesome. Um They uh then they go through this they go through the meteorite the what am I saying? The asteroid field. Good job, science. Um the asteroid field. And they um crash land on an Ur uh, on on a or they're about ready to crash land. No, their ship gets damaged. They're hurling through space. They realize we're going to crash on this un- uncharted planet. And what's Will Smith say? Do you guys remember this? Oh yeah, that before, he says something before they very crash. weird, like very weird to me, like odd that he says it this way. Uh, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. I recall. He says, "Oh no, not yet." Not yet. I guess his plans were to eventually come here. I come back to it i i don't know it was some really weird really weird foreshadowing the thing that really got me about that whole thing was like them going like crash landing on earth they were traveling from the home planet the new the new home planet where humans live to another place for something but somehow like old earth was still so close to like their hyperdrive lane that they were able to get damaged and crash land on Earth. Like, it was, it was that close to their path. I'm like, knowing humans, knowing us, like, we, in, like, the fact that they had the little inhaler things to coat the lungs so they could breathe, <laughs> knowing us, we would have turned Earth into, like, a big game hunting preserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it wouldn't have just been, like, a lost planet. No. It wouldn't have been a lost planet. We would have found a way to make something out of it. A Jurassic, oh, yeah. a Jurassic Park or a something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Off topic. Sorry. I chased, You can chase all the rabbits you want. Don't worry. <laughs> so they crash on 
what is we find out later is earth. Um, Jaden wakes up first, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cypher's leg gets broken. Um, and then, like like you had said, Tony, that darn rescue beacon that we step they left in the tail of the ship. It's a design flaw on that on that series of ship. I'm sure. They, but they had one in the cockpit, but that was broken. That one got broken in the crash. Why do they keep it in such like a a fragile place and a fragile crate? What I mean, they have. Why was there a need for it in the first place? And they. Why wouldn't the whole ship just be a beacon? Like they're in the, yeah. they're in so far in the future that they're like like they're they're traveling in hyperspeed. By the way, the hyperspeed thing made me laugh because you think about this in any space movie, Star Wars is a good example. Han Solo doesn't want to go into like launch the hyperdrive because he's afraid of flying into a star or he's, like he's afraid of rushing into it, right? Yeah, cuz they have mapped out like, you know, star maps. To their hyperdrive lane where they can use it, and he, but the, he just automatically just hammers it like we're gonna get, we're <laughs> gonna die, hit it like they're going through asteroids. Let's just do it. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, sorry. Okay, back on Earth. Uh, back on the planet Earth. Um, Lil Lil uh, Lil Rage wakes up, and uh, we find that Cipher Rage's leg has been broken. We find that, like we had said, the emergency beacon uh, broke off in the tailspin, and it landed. What we roughly figured, our our math scientists here uh, at the uh, Horror Movie Podcast figured, is roughly about a sixty mile uh, jog, run, walk, whatever you want to do, it crawl, whatever you want it. It's about say, how, how many kilometers did he say it was? Mm. Cannot remember. I remember sixty being. It may have been sixty kilometers. So what would sixty kilometers be? Six kilometers. There's roughly three feet in one meter. There's one thousand meters in a kilometer. Um, and there's what five thousand and two hundred feet, two hundred and so feet in a mile because Americans don't know how to math. I'm still struggling. Well, I got the numbers right. I can't do the math. I can calculate her here. I'm going to get my calculator out. It's like I would use my phone, but I've got Skype on my phone. No, don't do that. <laughs> and don't do that. I'm using, my, I'm using my phone and the calculator function on my phone. We said uh, 60 times, what is it, 0.7 roughly. So 42 miles, I guess it would be. Because yeah. I, I think it's okay. basically a seventh a kilometer. I, there's someone listening to this right now, by the way, that's going – what what's happening on this podcast right now? Why are they talking about <laughs> kilometers? Like what are they me. doing? That's me right now. Uh, I know. I know the feeling. This is why I enjoyed the movie. I love science fiction, but I don't understand any of the science behind it, so it doesn't See, bother me when it's it, inaccurate. It bothers me. Like in the ve- like in the very beginning of the movie, they show like the the veteran come out without a leg or like lost his leg up above his knee. He was like out in this like super high tech wheelchair. I'm like. Why couldn't they have made a high-tech prosthetic so he could walk and do things? Because it was a really touching scene. It was touching. I almost cried. It's like a or like an avatar, like a blue avatar for someone to walk around with. 
Never mind. Uh, That's another movie we should do on this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> you guys like Avatar? I've uh, never seen it. Never. I fell it. asleep in the first ten minutes of it. Did you watch it? We were talking about this uh, on on Sunday. Uh, did you did you did you watch it in three D? Oh, I hate three D. Oh, I didn't. I don't like three D either. But I'm saying. That's one movie that I I did pay the extra to go see in 3D because everyone had said how great it was going to be in 3D. It makes me kind of ill. It gives me a headache. 3D gives me a big headache. That's my eyeballs. Yeah, big time. Um, But anyway, it was actually okay in 3D, but there was no plot to that movie either. It's like Fern Gully. Did you guys ever see the movie Fern Gully? No. Dances with Wolves. No. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Of course. Go on. (laughs) Go on Wikipedia and look both those movies up, and then combine them, and they are Avatar. <laughs> Again, we've crash-landed on this planet, much maybe like the Avatar planet, but it's actually Earth. Um, we have to go and find the beacon in the tail of the ship that was so stupidly created that way that you know those engineers of that ship were apparently fired afterwards for making a beacon in the front and a beacon in the back. Um, we have to enlist Katai Rage, Lil Rage as I like to call him, um, to chase down this beacon. Uh, he is what other rangers call the worst space ranger because he can't even run in formation with the other space rangers. I think, I think Buzz Lightyear would even have words to say to him. He would, and he only has a fake plastic light to reinforce it, but he would also have bad things to say about this Space Ranger. Um, Cypher Rage, who is uh, uh, the ghost Cypher Rage, has a broken leg. He can only view what Katai Rage, Lil Rage, is doing uh, through uh, cameras. Like, I, oh, he sends out, he sends out like a little, uh, this part was kind of cool. He sends out like a little pod thing. And yeah, he sends out probes. Little probes. But I, I didn't understand. Why didn't he do that first before sending out his son? Why didn't he map out the best course before sending out his son? Like, hey, the tail's in this direction. Run that way. I'll map <laughs> out the drain afterwards. Let's uh, not devise a plan. He's supposed to be a commander of a military force, but he just like blindly sends his kid out. How can you enjoy any movie? Uh, it's rough. <laughs> I would agree that it was uh, a little bit. DFS would have been called on Cipher if the if if the Department of uh, of uh, the uh, DFS the kids division uh, came out. They probably would not like Cipher Rage sending his child into a very brutal uh, environment. Uh, but he did. He wanted to make him tougher. He knew he was not tough. He's going to make him tougher this way. But he could have mapped the terrain and found the, the hot spots before sending his kid out. He knew that this is a rough environment. He has this breathing apparatus stuff, right? It's like yeah. uh, asthma uh, medicine, only it coats your throat. Because you can't breathe on this planet it's anymore. Like Adbear. It was kind of like Adbear, sponsored the purple, by Adbear. The purple cylinder thing. Yeah, those things are awful. <laughs> um, we can't here. Let's lay down some some parameters on Earth. You cannot breathe normally on Earth anymore. It's only been roughly four, th- three thousand, three thousand. No, there was a layer of the atmosphere that had collapsed, and so all the nitrogen flooded. Because I think that's what I, from what I understood. What about the other mammals? Happened. 
these other mammals can't breathe either? Oh, apparently they're able to evolve, but humans can't. Well, because humans, we hate humans. Yeah. Yeah. This is a planet that's dooming humans, and we're going to let everything else evolve. Just like the happening. It's our fault. Where the, where the plants tried to destroy the humans. John Leguizamo's fault. He got his Jeep went into a uh, headlong into a tree. That was the worst part for me in that movie, in The Happening. Chasing Rabbit here. That was the worst part of that movie for me. I, I didn't want Sid the Sloth to die. What'd you say? Said I didn't want Sid the Sloth to die. Oh no 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 no! I didn't know. I didn't want him to die either. But he drove himself into a tree on purpose. No sense. I choose life. <laughs> he didn't choose life. He chose to go head first into a tree. <laughs> All right. So Sid, thanks, Sid. That's a good impression. I like it. I need to see the happening again. <laughs> Sorry. I keep going back to the happening. Sorry, I guess it's kind of an M Night episode too. So I guess we can always go back yeah. to M Night. So they're all connected. It's true. <laughs> um, Katai Rage goes out on his journey. He has uh, his first. Um, he there's a lot of uh, highly evolved, as Cipher says, highly evolved fauna and flora. So the plants are going to be on him. Uh, the animals have evolved quickly. I mean, kind of suspiciously quickly. Uh, and so they're going to be after him as well. He has to find this beacon in the tail section. The first thing he runs into are giant baboons. Would you say they were baboons? Yeah. Also, what what happened? What happened with the weaponry in the future? Oh, this is. Oh, the oh he gives him what? his little sword thing. Yeah. No guns what, in this what, movie. What, what, there are no what guns. This very Greenpeace, no gun movie. Humans suck, and weapons suck. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like I how guess. how are we even fighting the aliens back on Nova Nova wherever? Swords. I, swords. I mean, don't get me wrong. Swords are cool, but against like a zombie, it's a perfect weapon, right? But against this monster Ursa thing. Not yeah. a good, not a good choice. This is very impractical. It, those blades are the only thing that could uh, cut through the uh, tough skin of the Ursa, though. Um, so why not make a high-powered projectile? <laughs> can't shoot things. Guns are bad. Guns kill people and Ursas, and we can't kill Ursas really. Crossbows. That's technically not a gun. Any projectile is illegal on this Earth. It's quarantine. Politicians, man. <laughs> it's rough. It's a rough planet here. Um, he runs from baboons. He does escape. However, he is bitten by poisonous leeches. His dad coaches him up through this uh, biting of these poisonous leeches. He starts to swell up. Right? Yeah. Doesn't yep. his face swell up really bad? And his throat? Yeah. He gives him really bad for him. I did feel bad. I gave him. He gives himself the antidote. I, I didn't. I didn't feel bad <laughs> oh. for him because he didn't listen to his dad. Yeah, that is true. He did because not. Because his, his dad. dad was like, "Don't move, don't move," and the kids just like little little rage. Just like, "Nah, I'm gonna throw a rock at his face." <laughs> <laughs> little rage. And he did throw a rock at his face at the baboon and the baboon. And then it brought up the whole baboon tribe. They were all there, ready to pounce. Yeah. They'd never probably never. They'd never seen a human. You know, and so they chased him. He first uh, human they saw threw a rock at his face. <laughs> he he did start it. He instigated it. 
His dad knew not to, told him not to move because he was going to have him ghost. Yeah. But nope, Little Rage can't listen, Little nor Rage. can he read. He can't read instructions or listen. He's really struggling. Katai, on his own, in the, in the uh, wilderness, uh, gets bit by this uh, poisonous leech. He get, does give himself the antidote, but he passes out for what seems like several years, but it's minutes in cinema time. And then um, when he wakes up, uh, there's a thermal shift, and he does escape that. Um, Katai lies... Okay, he, when he was running from the baboons, he fell and broke a bunch of those, uh, his, uh, what are they called? Little breathing apparatus things. Yes, the capsules, the breathing capsules. What did you call them, Advair? Yep. Yeah, the, he broke his Advair. And so, uh, he, but he lies to the, the Rage, Daddy Rage. And uh, <laughs> that could be another song, guys, Daddy Rage. <laughs> Um, <laughs> lying to daddy rage daddy rage um, so he lies to dad rage and uh, about the damaged capsules he tells him I've got enough to make it um, over the hillside or whatever uh, Katai listens to Cypher tell a story uh, when he was attacked by an Ursa uh, and then that's when he realized this is this uh, Ursa attack is when uh, this is a big part of the movie for uh, Cypher imparting knowledge on Katai this attack on the earth is when he realized that he's got to stay calm, find his chi. He has to stay under control and not get too just total peace with the world. Total peace. And then uh, that's when he learned how to ghost. Uh, let's see what else. He told him fear is merely an illusion, which is a great tagline for the movie. Uh, And if you choose to live rather than uh, to let – he chose to live as opposed to let his enemies uh, – his enemies, which were fear and the Ursas, decide his fate. Namaste. All right. Sorry. That was a joke. All right. Not funny. All right. So the following day, well, Katai – That was a yogi. That was a yogi joke. Um, so the following day, uh, Katai gets to the mountaintop. But Cypher then sees, using his cameras that you said he should have put out a lot earlier, um, that he actually does have a bunch of broken capsules in his uh, in his pack or whatever. He knows the only there's only one way to make it, and that's to skydive from the top of the mountain because there's a little uh, graph that pulls up. He used a PowerPoint presentation to pull his graph up, and it shows him a little dotted line down the mountain, and he's going to... We think he's just going to jump off. He wants his son to make it down the mountain, but he knows he doesn't have enough. So Katai chooses to jump off the mountain, which I thought the movie, that meant the movie was over. And then we would just be done. Oh, super high-tech, multicolored suit. Squirrel suit. Squirrel suit. Yeah, squirrel suit. And then he's flying, and... um that, that's, there's a whole another point of what I want to make about that suit. Go ahead. This movie. Go ahead. Because um, we've already discussed how the the blind aliens can only see you through their sense of smell. Gotcha. Why weren't these super high tech, high gadgety Batman squirrel suits able to produce 
something that would cover up the the fear pheromone. It's pretty because good. Because then you could make the whole point about they wouldn't overcoming have, your fear. But they wouldn't have to ghost. They wouldn't have to ghost. That's a good point because if they were airtight, none of the, you know, your pores on your body would not release the pheromone. You might want to wear a helmet. Might be their faces. Yeah. Sure wore a helmet. Or even just like a, a, a mask. You know, like a gas mask. Or One something of your gas where, masks. I mean, we're, we're supposed video. to be super futuristic. <laughs> thousand years in the future. We even have little inhalers, capsules that, that allow us to breathe nitrogen. But yet. But, but we can't make something to fight off a blind alien. A blind alien. You're right. You're correct. Squirrel suit flies down, and I think at some point he says "yippee" or he's so excited, like like uh, he's a little kid flying through the air. And so he flies through the air, and a gigantic—it's like a huge. It's like it's like a bigger African condor. Yeah, like a gigantic eagle condor mixed with a pterodactyl flies down, and he's flying with him. And um, he ends up of trying to avoid running through a mountain, and then ends up that thing ends up getting him. He blink, 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 wakes up like some cartoon in its <laughs> nest. Like I felt like when I watched this, I felt like it was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, where it, the little <laughs> like the op- close eyes, open eyes, close eyes, and then uh, he woke up. He woke up in the in the nest. He was going to be fed. We're assuming, we're, we're led to believe he's going to be fed to these birds. I guess they're birds. They could be evolved mammals in this story. Um, then, these birds put their nest in a really stupid spot. Yeah. Because they're in the, they're, the birds are there, and the ba- are the baby birds in there or is the eggs? They're baby birds. Baby yeah, birds. They're, they're moving around. And so then you see a tiger-looking thing. A tiger-looking thing in, in through the little reeds in the nest, and it jumps into the nest. What's the point of this bird even building a nest? Like, where? I'm saying, what, where's this nest at that these tigers can just climb up and do that? Isn't the whole point of building a nest is to protect your baby birds? I'm not a mama bird. I. I but mean, then, like, why? why? It's, it's because Jaden is in there, and all the animals want to kill humans. That's true. So they were left to the nest. It's true. Yeah, that, that's why they could be. That might be. They may not normally kill these birds. But then, like, but then it did show one of the lion tiger thing. Oh my things! Uh, jump at an egg. <laughs> You know, and try to get the egg, and then little little rage is like, "Leave it alone! I got the, my sword." And then he kicks it, punches it, yeah, yeah, something, and uh, fights him off. But who saves him? Mama Bird. Later on, Mama Bird saves him. Uh, actually, no, no, no. He falls out of the nest. Is what happens. He ends up falling out of the nest. Sorry, I I went a little too fast here. Um. Katai does escape. The eagles and the, the eagle attacks the tigers, and that, that, fends, that fends them off enough where Katai can get out of there. He reaches a river. He builds a raft, which makes sense. He fjords the river and goes down the river, 
and uh, he's tired. He falls asleep on the raft. Hence, now a dream sequence. Um, and we have his sister, played by uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, reassures him that he's he's bitter and angry, uh, but but it's not going to save her by him being this angry. Uh, she tells him to wake up. He doesn't wake up. She eventually tells him to wake up, and it turns out he got caught in a thermal shift, the dreaded thermal shift. He almost freezes to death. She she was she was like had a zombie face when she told him to wake up. Kind of weird. It made me jump. It's kind of weird. weird. Like he went like which uh, is a kind of a classic M Night Shyamalan thing to have a part that makes you jump a jump scares and has a sound there's probably a sound effect that made you jump because that's what makes M. Night Shyamalan's movies scary is the sound effects but there was no the other thing with his movies is there's always a twist yeah yeah what's the twist in this movie this is oh it's earth we're on earth like but it's not plot twist it's not gotta find the emergency beacon it's not fully an M. Night Shyamalan story Mm. Yeah, I guess it's true. Story. Yeah, he let Will Smith drive the car on this one. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Oh, or it's Will Will Smith's car. No. M Night. No. No. Stop. M Night's car and Will Smith is driving. No. Will's car and M Night's driving. It. Sorry, that was really difficult for some stupid reason. All right. Sorry. <laughs> but then Will Smith tells him to put it in hyperdrive, even though there's potholes everywhere. Right. And M. Night, who knows better, is like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. And so he wakes up because Mama Bird came back, put her her wing over him to warm him up, and she perishes. Um, She dies saving him. No no one knows why. I guess to reform human-animal relationships. Like, I'm not sure. Like... (laughs) Is it because he fought to defend her babies, but still, like that's what I thought. I, but, but even like, though he didn't say that, apparently the animal psychology <laughs> is really advanced too. That the bird was able to recognize that he was defending rather than being harmful. I don't know. That's really advanced psychology for an animal. Maybe she sensed his fear pheromones, and she knew he was afraid, and she was there to help him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This movie is all about fear. It is all about fear. Um, fear that it was terrible. <laughs> Anyways, Katai, he does reach the tail section of the, of of the uh, the spaceship. He um he finds it and he retrieves the emergency beacon. Gets a communicator. Um, and a weapon, and some more oxygen capsules. Thank the Lord he got some oxygen capsules. Uh, The communicator allows Cypher, though, Cypher Rage, Big Rage, uh, Daddy Rage, to see Lil Rage, to see and hear Lil Rage. But Katai, Lil Rage, cannot hear the dad. Uh, (laughs) Ironically, we find out, Katai learns that the Ursad did escape, and he the Earth is what killed the remaining members of the crew. Uh, the emergency beacon does not activate, and then Cypher realizes that uh, the atmosphere, the horrible Earth atmosphere, is blocking the signal. The 
uh, all the pollution, all the CFCs, all of the styrofoam we've used over the centuries is causing this beacon. Didn't you say there was something about the ions in the air that were blocking the signal? Yeah, he knows. He's he's a uh, atmospheric, uh, you know, genius. Uh, he studied science at Ranger Academy. <laughs> what frequency were they using? He uh, he's watched a couple. Uh, I'm not sure. Episodes of Sid the Science Kid or something that he's watched. Uh, so he knows what he's doing. Mr. Wizard's World. Or Bill Nye. Maybe Bill Nye. He watched Bill Nye the Science Guy, and he taught him about uh, I, I, I think he probably went all the way back to Beekman. Yeah, I think he's Beekman's world here. So um, Katai has to uh, get – he heads to the uh, volcano – this is how he's going to launch the beacon. Uh, he's attacked by the Ursa. Katai is able to control his fear. He ghosts, uh, and he goes near the Ursa, and he's able to kill it. He launches the beacon. Uh, the rescue team arrives. We have this weird, like, uh, weird scene at the end where he's they fast forward because they're like, we got to get out of here. They fast forward through the end. The uh, rescue team arrives. And then the film ends with the two of them traveling back to Nova Prime. Uh, gosh. Both agreeing that they'd rather work uh, with uh, their mom at home. But There's a connection with that, that scene at the end and one at the beginning. Where at the beginning, the uh, soldier without the leg salutes Cypher. And then at the end, uh, Katai salutes... Or, wait, no. Big rage, Cypher. Little rage. Yeah, and but that, I, I just love that. But the other thing that really bugs me is why, again, with with, with the advancement of technology, why was the beacon had to be? Why did the beacon have to be held manually and fired at like a big light beacon? And the ions block the light, apparently, but like. What kind why of signal? A, why is it a manual? Why? Why is it whenever? Why is it whenever the ship lost contact with the home world? Why didn't? It, if it's such a advanced technology, and I, I realize it's traveling through space, and space is huge, and it's hard for it to travel like that. But why is it whenever communication was broken off? Why then doesn't the homing beacon on the ship start up? Does yeah. make sense? I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it, may, it makes no sense. Uh, so he had, to, he had to point it up at the sky and then turn. <laughs> I, didn't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get that. He either. Like, it, and he had to go near the volcano to make it happen. Yeah. Even the, with the big volcanic ash cloud, that apparently didn't block. It, but, but some ions. Yes. And uh, You got to love it. You gotta love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Jared, thoughts on the end of the movie? Um, yeah, just the part about the uh, father saluting the son was touching to me. He he acknowledged that his his son had become a man. And He's a man now. He could make decisions on his own. Which, medium. He's medium. Honestly, rate. like I will say that connected with me this week, just because my dad had a heart attack last Whoa. week. And it was just that whole idea of daddy's not always going to be around. Right on, yeah. 
so yeah, I, I guess I just really related to it yeah. this time. I'm Which sorry. My, my dad's I'm, okay. He's, well, I'm he's say, old now. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> he's okay though. Yeah, he he's been home for a couple of days. Just got to do the whole change the diet routine. I know that feeling. All the medication feeling. and stuff. Yeah, man. But yeah, he was he was joking throughout the whole process, so I, I was wasn't really that worried. That's good. So. <laughs> That's well. It's good that he wasn't worried. That that would. Uh, I bet you were worried. I wasn't a whole lot, to be honest. There was I had peace about it, and so did he. And I don't know why. But well, well, I can, you know. But my stepmom, she was freaking out. I definitely. bet. Well, that's how that works. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, crazy man, that's crazy. Um, well, just wrapping up on that. Okay, wrapping up. Um, what are some good the goods for the movie? I would say like. I thought the universe was interesting, you know, like Earth dying, us having to move off to another planet, like humanity moving on to another planet, a war with aliens. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. Like, yeah. And I, I thought the universe was interesting and unique. Okay. I'll give it that much. Jared, Except Jared. for the underdevelopment of prosthetics. Anyways. <laughs> Which is is, that is surprising. That the underdeveloped of prosthetics is kind of funny because it's like, why wouldn't they be able to just generate tissue to create a new leg? Right, right. Okay. Well, Jared, (laughs) what are the goods? Um, I guess the whole theme of fear was intriguing to me in the way they portrayed it with the aliens, even if I guess their suit. Their technology should have been able to uh, stop them from secreting pheromones or whatever. I, I just like that fear was embodied in a creature. And uh, like the quote, which I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I've actually used the quote, fear is not real. It only exists in thoughts of the future. It's a product of the imagination. Danger is real, but fear is a choice. Mm-hmm. Really resonated with me even the first time Sweet. I saw it. Like I even quoted it. At one of our shows, we have a song. (laughs) That's cool. We have a song Tony actually wrote kind of about fear and dealing with. Well, yeah, I guess you related to a lot to fear, but it was just written about social anxiety. Which is is a kind of fear. Yeah, it's kind of fear. Kind of fear. So. What are the. Yeah, for me, it's, it's always like the. The theme, the lesson, the moral, the story that gets me with M. Night Shyamalan movies. And I guess my ignorance of scientific facts (laughs) makes it easy for me to enjoy more. (laughs) I will say the concept was was good. Like Jared pointed out, yeah, that's a really neat concept. But I think he portrayed it rather poorly. Gotcha. What are the... Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fantasy fan, and I think I, I see science fiction movies through a fantasy lens a lot of times too. So I'm just like, if it's weird and bizarre and out there, I, I want to believe in it. What are some of the? <laughs> what are some uh, fantasy? Are you talking about fantasy movies, fantasy books? What What are we? What are you? Uh, yeah, both. What do you? Like, um, what specific? Be specific. Specific. Uh. I don't know, like Chronicles of Narnia yeah. is a 
big fan of the books and not as much of the movies, but... It's because the movies are terrible. <laughs> Those could be a whole like three-hour-long yeah. horrible movie podcast. They were. Pretty, um, I guess they were pretty. They were. <laughs> they were. They were. Those movies were pretty weak. So. Yeah. 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 It's one of those where if you read the book first, the movie's usually not going to measure up right. to it. Just they can't fit in all the details mm-hmm. in that amount of time. Um, Lord of the Rings is another great one. Harry Potter. Right. Those are, those are some of my favorites. Cool. Uh, what are the bad? What are the bad parts of the movie? Um, the the very the very poorly technological advancements and the plot holes, like explaining more about the aliens that humanity is fighting while trying to establish a new civilization on Nova Prime. Um, really, pretty, pretty bad parenting. I think, as well. <laughs> Turn it on Page's part. Turn, um, him loose I mean, was, yeah. in the emergency situation, I understand that, but like, uh, yeah. If if the kid would have listened, why didn't the kid listen? Well, it's it's part of his learning process. He's just a little rage. Someday, and by the end of the movie, he turned into a medium, medium rage. One day, he'll be full on rage. Blinding. He'll be, able to cipher that rage. He'll be a little. He'll. He'll. Be, what'd you say? <laughs> Maybe he'll be able to cipher that rage. That would be ideal. That well, it, that's why cipher. He once was a little rage too. Now he's man rage, daddy rage, papa rage, papa rage, <laughs> uh, papa rage. That, I, I wish I would have thought about that earlier. Papa rage. I guess you thought of it. I guess I didn't think of it. I just kind of halfway took credit. Can we like? Can you come up with one that relates to like rage against the machine? Uh, rage on parade. That's actually a song we covered a couple months ago at a show. And not Bulls, but Rage on Parade. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, well, Rage on Parade, Rage Against the Machine, you know, and Papa Roach if, could tour together. If he didn't watch his diet, he would be Rage the Elephant. He could be Rage the Elephant. They cage an Ursa. So it's kind of like a cage the elephant scenario, but I guess it'd be a rage, rage the elephant, rage the. <laughs> never mind. I'm yeah, not going to. Um, we rate this movies. Were these movies from one horrible to five horribles? Jared, one horrible to five horribles. One is one is um, still bad, but not as bad as five. One. A one, and would you, Jared, then say this actually wouldn't even be horrible? Yeah, I want to say it's horrible in my opinion. Okay, go, give me a one to ten on on ten being, I don't know. Um, uh, Empire, Empire Strikes Back is a ten. What what's a what's a one? Uh, where, where does this movie list on that on the on the on the great horrible on the great movie podcast that you, that you're going to start? What's the great okay. movie podcast? <laughs> Um. Hmm. 
guess I give it an eight. It's an eight. That's awesome. All right, <laughs> Tony. You got Tony. You got to balance this thing out. One to five horribles. Because I think I see it in your eyes here. You I, folks listening on in your car or wherever you're listening to, you can't see. Tony's eyes, it, like I can. It's his eyebrows. It's those strong eyebrows. He has very strong eyebrows. Not a unibrow, but he has very strong eyebrows. Um, That's because I plot. <laughs> um, one to five I'd horribles. Go to 4.5 to five. Oh. Mainly for lack of a lot of details. Poor plot line. Yes. And, I mean, like I said, the, the point five that I'm giving it as the good is the the concept that okay. was all right but overall like the major details 4.5 i wouldn't ever watch it again don't the worry. only reason i watched it was because of this podcast okay that's great well i'm glad i could i i think if nothing thanks else for take, thanks for taking those hours out of my life i I'll, you'll never and you know what you'll never get them back because <laughs> i do this every week and there are some days where i'm like why did i why did I just watch the Double Dragon movie? But anyway, if you ever played, I could turn back time. Exactly, you can't. Goodbye. Oh, it's never mind. coming back. I can't do share. It's never. Can't do share. No one can. Um, um. So, uh, we're gonna finish this thing off, guys. Um, I want you to tell me about this last song. We're gonna give you a, another, uh. Little bit, little rage bit of uh, Mayfly, okay? And tell us about this last song we're gonna hear. Okay, this this is our brand new single, "The Line That Separates." Um, the music was written by John Carnahan, who played guitar for the bands The Machine, and he played on Staples' final EP. I believe this song was actually like a B-side from the Staple EP just because of it sounds similar. Um, of course, over the past couple years that we've had it, we've definitely made it our own. Um, it was recorded at Rephrase Recording Studio in Dayton, Ohio with Justin Oftenkamp, who plays guitar in the band Miss May I. Um, Justin Moore at the Darkroom Recording Studio in Piqua. He did some of the mixing and mastering on it. Um, lyrically, it just comes from... It, it's about abortion, which is something I'm very passionately against. Um, I've been involved with a pro-life group called Stand True Pro-Life Outreach for several years now, and I've gone to the March for Life with them in D.C. for several years. Okay. But it, it was just from thinking about um my brother and his girlfriend they um had conceived a child and um his girlfriend at the time was considering abortion and in the end um all of us as a family um told her that we'd be there to support her to help her raise this child in the end she decided to keep it and now i have an awesome five-year-old nephew but the song is cool doesn't have a happy ending like that it's just like what what if they had decided to go through with it how would that negatively affect their lives would they be able to forgive themselves for it and that's the line that separates there it is the line that separates is mayfly on the horror movie podcast 
All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Guys, that's awesome. And you guys are awesome. I'm so excited. Um, now, the Extreme Tour, uh, what's the Extreme Tour's website? Is it extremetour.com? Yes. Okay. And so, will they be able to go on that site and find the dates that you guys are on the Extreme Tour? Um, Not yet. Pro- they, I know they do different yeah, legs. It uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily say what bands are on what legs. So there's a bunch of different bands at each of those dates, yeah. You have to follow us on our website. Um, Another thing I wanted to follow up about the line that separates. Right now, we just released it to radio. Uh Um, It should be available online for sale on all your different musical store outlets like iTunes and Amazon and all that, April 22nd. Right I on. Will be in Florida. Okay, that's awesome, guys. Thanks for, so much for coming on. Uh, you are great. After Earth, I I enjoyed. Here's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed the fact that uh, Tony and I agreed. I feel like, sorry, Jared, but Tony and I agree 100 on this movie. Uh, Jared, I <laughs> you have connection. I appreciate <laughs> the fact that I think you're the first person to ever come on here, and then like in like actually like the movie that we are doing on here. And so I'm glad that Tony was also on here because if he wasn't, it just would have been you and I talking back and forth. And it, this would have been like some weird, like debate, like movie <laughs> yeah. podcast, the debate movie pod. I'm not sure what it would be called, but I don't know. Good stuff guys. Um, if you're ever, if you're ever in Missouri, you have a place to sleep. You have, yes. I will, I will try to find you a show to play. I promise you this. Okay, and you hold me to it. I promise you. Can I, I come to a baseball game? What's that? <laughs> Say, can I come to a baseball game? Are you want to go to like a Cardinals baseball game? Uh, okay. Oh, are you talking about oh the place that I work? Sure, I, I, I can definitely pull that off. I, I can definitely pull the the place that I work. You definitely can come to a game there. So fantastic. All right, and we got to look for somewhere in Missouri this summer. I, there may be places. Do it. I I I have a feeling that I might be able to find some places for you to play. So. Just That'd telling awesome. you. I'm just telling you. All right. All right. I'm going to, we're going to call it, call it a day, folks. Guys, thanks for uh, downloading the Horrible Movie Podcast. Uh, you can follow us uh, at One Horrible Movie on Twitter. Uh, we are on the Revolver Podcast Network. Um, you can download us on iTunes. Everyone, please, please, everyone, go on iTunes. Rate the Horror Movie Podcast. Give us five stars. If you're going to give us one star, don't, just don't, but just give us five stars. And guys, just a nice quick review, and uh, that helps us so much. We were uh, uh, we've been in the news and noteworthy now in the top twenty on that for a while now, which is awesome. And uh, we're just kind of slowly kind of making our way uh, through whatever it is that you make in Podcast Town USA. I'm not sure what that is, but anyway, I kind of I kind of went off the rails there. Okay, so Mayfly, thanks for being here. You rock. Thank you for having us. See ya.